Welcome to another edition of the Go Nose Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not a insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me and my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Today is August 28th, 2020. I got about five different segments here for this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Lead off segment for this episode is entitled, excuse me, uh, Sports Might Be Done in 2020. And, um, you know, this is real. You know, um, you know, I've been saying that this isn't the right environment or time to have sports. Or I was just mainly talking about football. But, you know, with the social injustice and the police brutality, you know, in this country, you know, it's, you know, this what it is. And, you know, hats off to the NBA to um, really, you know, taking a stand. Um, You know, my thoughts on just... This latest shooting by police on a black man. At the end of the day, he was walking to his car. He was unarmed. Y'all had multiple chances right there to take that man down, cuff him, and arrest him. If you thought that he was going to the vehicle to get a weapon. Um, You didn't do that. You wait until he got to his vehicle and shot him seven times and missed one time. So a total of eight times. So I think the police officer wanted to execute, you know, this black man, Jacob Blake. Um, it, it's That's just me saying it as a non-racial that's the non-racial part of it. The racial part of it is, you know, black people have been getting executed since the, the first slave stepped off the boat. Or, or, or really since the first slave stepped on the boat. Because I'm pretty sure when slaves were being forced to get on the boat, they had to kill a couple who refused. So, um... You know, sports is just, um, it is secondary. I mean, this is life and death. So, you know, like I said, kudos to the NBA standing up and, you know, other athletes and, you know, entertainers or whatever. But I don't know if it's going to have an impact because you would have thought that somebody at the Republican National Convention would at least said something. But of course not. They're not going to say nothing. Because they're more concerned about. Pleasing their base. Than. The lives of black people. So. You know it is what it is. Um, I'm not a I'm not a political guy. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. So. If I have Republicans or Democrats. That listen to this podcast. And I'm sure I do. Um, you know. 
Like I said, I my political philosophy is common sense. Let's use common sense to solve our problems. And this right here, this this um, social injustice, this police brutality, to me, this is a common sense issue. There needs to be stiffer penalties in place. So when a cop just decides I'm going to shoot somebody eight times that's unarmed, he needs to be fired and prosecuted immediately. Immediately. I don't I don't care what the dude had in his car. You had ample amount of time to to take the suspect down or take the I'm not even gonna call a man a suspect. Take the innocent black man down if you thought he was a threat. And you didn't. So um That's all I got to say on that. Um moving on to the next um topic trillions given to medical companies to find a vaccine could the money have been better spent elsewhere yes it could have been used on schools it could have been used on computers it could have been used on internet for these kids so we wouldn't use them as guinea pigs to um you know, send them off to school, knowing undoubtedly what's going to happen. We're going to have you're going to have a massive COVID-19 breakout and you're going to have to shut it back down. Um, you know, I just the, the, the people that are in power to um, make these decisions, I, I just don't know what they're thinking. Like. You know, you, you you just can't do that. You just can't, you know, send these kids to school knowing what's going to happen. I mean, it, I, I just seen it last night on the news, man. You know, five and six-year-olds getting on the bus, you know, going to school to potentially catch this virus. It's, it's horrifying. And that's why I say the, the 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 government could step in, subsidize these teachers, and you got enough people out here to where they could go into the homes and teach these kids individually. It's enough people that can do that. And that could be their one-on-one teacher every day. It is enough people to do that. If you can send a $1,200 check out to everybody in this country, you can you can support teachers for six months. Because that's really what you need to really knock this virus out. Six hard months of lockdown status. And you can still do school and all of that stuff. And if you don't want to pay teachers to go into the homes, then you could set up. You could take that $3 billion and buy all these little kids a laptop and, and buy off, you know, the, the Internet providers for several months and do Internet that way. You could do that easy. And to the people that don't have uh, Internet in their area, it's a company called Skyroam that can get it's just a little portable Internet hotspot that can get Internet almost anywhere. I have one. I live in a rural area and I have a Skyroam uh, hotspot uh, that I just use for leisure. 
and you know it gets it gets consistent five bars so hey man there's just no excuses because a workable vaccine is going to take if you really doing it the right way they're saying three to five years but you're rushing it so you're just going to put some poison out here on the street and you're going to kill a lot of people it's, it's, it, it, <clears throat> to to have a credible vaccine it, it shouldn't come out until the end of next year but if you're telling me that there's going to be a vaccine available at the end of this year it, you're going to kill some people man there's no doubt in my mind so um you know we got a long way to go man to beat this virus, social injustice, police brutality, we got a long way to go. You know, it just seems like this is the end. I'm just going to say it. It seems like the world is coming to an end, man. I hate to be doom and gloom, but it just seems like it's getting worse. So, um, let me know what you think about that segment. All right, Florida State stuff. Could anyone on this team be worthy of wearing number two? And you know that's Deion Sanders' number. The last guy I seen wearing it was Samari Roll, the cornerback, uh, you know, 20 years ago, I think. And uh, the only guy on this team that I feel like is worthy of wearing Deion's number is probably Scary Terry or Marvin Wilson. I think those are the only legit <clears throat> maybe maybe Hamza Nasruddin. I think those are probably the only three guys that would be even considered to wear that number. And the only guy that has really made a super duper impact out of those three is Scary Terry. And, you know, it, it's not like he's out there being Peter Warwick or uh, you know uh, Rashad Green or anybody like that But he does make plays um, You know I give Dion his credit man He put this program on the map um, You know he's he, He's been You know it, it for several years He didn't come back And say talk to the players Or anything like that but then Recently he has and I just think, like I said in a previous episode, it's it's always good to acknowledge your greats. You know, Deion Sanders, Ward Dunn, Walter Jones, Trey Thomas, Derek Brooks, Terrell Buckley. You got to get them guys in there, man. You know, just just to to give the current players an idea of what Florida State used to be. Um. So. Um. That's I. I just think those three guys are the only ones worthy right now. Um. You know, maybe Travis J. Maybe Akeem Dent. I think those two guys. I just think Akeem Dent and Travis uh, J. Are gonna be superstars on this team. Um. It's crazy that those two guys are backups, but I think one day they might be worthy of wearing that number two. 
So let me know what you think about that segment. All right, is is Dope Campbell an intimidating atmosphere? Uh, it used to be. You know, when we was in our heyday, when when everybody was still, when we had all our front runners <laughs> in this fan base. I mean. A lot of the front runners jumped off when this team went down. I mean, if you're a true fan of any team, you know, you don't do that. Um, so, you know, I, Dope Camel is definitely, definitely still an intimidating atmosphere when this team is rolling. But, you know, Florida State doesn't have that hardcore fan base like of a uh, – a Notre Dame like those guys those fans are gonna come out regardless of how the team is you, you you've never seen when when everything is going uh, um, normal in this country you've never seen an empty Notre Dame stadium you've never seen an empty you know big house um you've never seen like an empty Alabama you know, those those are hardcore fan bases. You've never seen an empty Clemson Stadium. Like, they're dedicated. Look, I mean, I'm not going to say Clemson. I'm not going to say how long did Clemson suck. I'm going to say how long did Clemson, how long was Clemson mediocre and those fans were still filling that stadium up. I've been to a couple of Clemson Florida State games at Clemson. When Clemson wasn't that good. And that stadium was consistently 80,000. So. It's, it's just a matter of. Uh, it's just a matter of. Um, you know. Can this fan base. Get to. Get to hardcore status. And I don't think we are. They're they're hardcore when the team is rolling, when the team experiences a little bit of adversity, then everybody, nobody comes, and that's not that's not fair. You got to be there in the good times and the bad times. Um. So, let me know what you think about that uh, segment. Um, what Florida State team from the past haunts you? And I've I've said this a many. A many a many a time man the 1997 team should have been in the national championship um we lost that final game against the, the florida gators um your boy bobby bowden had the had the ball inside the five i want to say it was on the one yard line he elected to kick the field goal instead of going for the the um touchdown to seal the game Florida had been throwing the ball all over the field the whole game. You wasn't going to stop the passing game. Uh, Jaquez Green, receiver for the Florida Gators, number five. Uh, he was basically unstoppable the whole game. You wasn't going to stop him. Um, so at the very least, if, if Florida stops you at the one-yard line, Florida has to go 99 yards to score. Okay, your defense was playing okay. Okay, maybe if that was the mountain that the Florida Gators had to climb in that game, you might have won. But you gave you gave Steve Spurrier 
and that offense a short field, it was boom, 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 touchdown, game over. So that was just a bad decision by Bobby Bowden. And that cost us a trip to the national championship to play either, I think it was, it was probably going to be Nebraska because uh, Michigan and um, Washington State, you know, there was no, the, the BCS came the next year in 98. So it would have been Florida State against Nebraska and uh, Scott Frost and them guys. But, you know, that's the team that haunts me, man. Then we made it the next year and lost to Tennessee. Then we went again, you know, wire to wire in 99. So, um, you know, I think about that team every day, every time I do this podcast, like what could have been. So it is what it is. Uh, that's going to conclude this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. It's available on YouTube. It's available on all podcast platforms. Uh, please wear a mask. Please social distance. Please be please be aware of your surroundings. Please do your research on flu and respiratory viruses. Please do your research on vitamins. And as always, go nose.